Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here with Money, Riches, and Wealth. On tonight, my co-host is Michael P. McCarthy. Happy to join you on this dreary, wet, windy, cold Baltimore day. Being that you're Irish, the P has to stand for something like Patrick or something, right? Absolutely. Of course, of course. Anyway, uh, a lot of people don't know uh, necessarily Michael, uh, so let me just tell you a little bit about Mike. He is the chief executive officer of the Financial Consulate. I turned that over to him about, uh, what was that, three years ago, two years ago? Two to three years ago, something like that. Two to three years ago, as I knew that I would be working in a different location and that I would spend uh, my time doing what I enjoy the most, which is working with clients and uh, consulting and doing the radio and uh, seminars and writing books and things of that sort to help people educate them about personal finance and uh, how to get the best personal financial advisor for you. But Michael is an incredible um, with business owners. Uh, Some of the work that he's done with business owners in our firm has been Remarkable, as we were talking about today with one of our clients who had a big buyout and uh, Mike uh, actually assisted in the whole uh, uh, negotiations and so forth. But, you know, that's uh, we usually leave that to the attorneys. We just supervise what's going on. This one, you know, the attorney wasn't really helping much. So uh, so we Mike stepped in and helped them tremendously. Uh, but normally it's just tax planning, it's estate planning, it's uh, the insurances, making sure they're right and so forth. It's making sure their company benefits are right and doing whatever necessary for them. And that's what a true professional financial advisor should do. And Mike does an excellent job of that with Thank business you. owners. Yep, yes. that's my passion. Yeah, it is. And uh, so anyway, we're on an open show tonight, Michael. That means that our listeners are our guests. They get to call and ask the questions. And hopefully they'll call in early. The earlier they call in, the easier it is for us to address all their questions. It gets uh, difficult when they all start jamming in on the last 30 minutes of the show. So if you've got a question, feel free to call in 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680 if you have a question and like to call in and lead the conversation. There's always somebody out there that wants to hear the and question. And the board is open. If they... And the board is totally open. That means that there's nobody online right this second. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and ask a question. So anyway, Mike, uh, let's uh, do some talking about whatever other topics that we have. And uh, one I was going to talk to Sean about this morning, but I never really got around to it, was uh, AARP and what a uh, uh, misleading company they are in many ways, claiming to be the organization that helps seniors. Uh, but, you know, this company pulls in $1.7 billion in revenue. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can. I've seen all the stuff they sell. <laughs> yeah, well, they, what do they sell? Oh, they sell Oh, you mean all the of... stuff they sell? Yeah. You mean like insurance policies and, yeah. uh, you know, products like that? 
And, uh, and, you know, about 15 years ago, Mike, I did an expose with Bloomberg Television on AARP. Also did it with uh, U.S. News and World Report. Ann Turgan uh, wrote the articles and so forth where we showed that, that a lot of the products they sell aren't even in the best interest of the people that are buying them. You know, Mike, you and I are independent advisors. We're fee only. We don't take commissions. We don't sell insurance policies to our clients. So if AARP has the best policy for our client, we're going to want to use it. And occasionally we do that um, with the Medigap policy with uh, AARP. But even that is uh, not necessarily the best policy for most people. Um, you know, for example, uh, AARP did the uh, Plan F, and then about two years ago, the U.S. government said you can't do any new Plan F. Well, if you're really the senior guardian out there, you should immediately have said, okay, anybody who's in Plan F, they can go to Plan G. They've got two months to go to Plan G if they want to without a pre-existing conditions test. Um, because what's the difference? The AARP had no no risk to move people in Plan F to a lower plan, Plan G, to some degree. And that's the plan everybody should be in now, G, not F anymore. Because once that, that insurance pool starts to shrink, you could end up in a real uh, escalation of premiums over a longer period of time. And I think that's a risk that's going to potentially happen with uh, AARP's uh, Plan F. We have Lee in Towson, eh? Yeah, Lee, what can we help you with? Uh, good morning. I'm going to be inheriting some stock from, a, I guess, a bypass trust, not the marital trust. And um, I understand it won't have a step-up in basis. So my question is, do I, do I have to, and then the stock's been in there for a long time, do I have to hold it for a year in order to... Um, sell at the, at the capital gains rate or pay tax with the capital gains rate? Well, first off, when they, when, they, uh, when they distribute the trust, they can distribute the trust in kind, and the cost basis and the holding period come out to you. So if, if a stock was bought at 10, 50 years ago, let's just say, and it's worth 200 today, you, you have a long-term capital gain you know, from 10 to 200 and you don't have to sell it. It doesn't have to be sold. You can just uh, continue to hold it if you want to, but you will have yeah. a capital long-term capital gain immediately when it's distributed. So it'll be immediately long-term capital gain. Okay. Yeah. Because the holding, the holding period and the cost basis uh, are distributed out to you in kind. Okay. All right. That answers the question. Thanks. All right, take care. And we're on open show tonight, Mike, 410-922-6680. All lines are open, 410-922-6680. So we'll look forward to talking to you when we come right back. Money, riches, and wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. 
They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. And uh, it's Drew Tignanelli here with Michael P. McCarthy. We're on an open show. If you want to call in and be on, uh, we have one caller online right now, so plenty of lines open, 410-922-6680. Any topic you want to talk about, if it affects your personal finance, we're here to address it for you, and hopefully we can give you an answer that will be beneficial to you, like our last caller who asked and gave him the answer to his question. You know, uh, it was important to him. So if you want to call in, 410-922-6680. Mike, uh, let's go to Gene in Columbia. Gene, how can we help? Uh, Drew, uh, my question is, all my questions tonight have to do with the umbrella coverage. Okay. Exactly. How much should I carry? Uh, well, let's explain what you just said to the rest of our listeners, because some of them actually, believe it or not, may not know what you're talking about. So what Gene's asking about is umbrella coverage. Uh, it, think of it as an umbrella over, um, you, know, um, ha- you know, protecting your home and your auto. Okay, so if you, somebody sues you because something happens at your home, and your coverage in your home is only, say, 300000 but they're asking for a million. Or if you have a really bad accident in your car and you only have two fifty five hundred of liability coverage and they're asking for a million, you know, if they are able to get through the auto and home liability coverage, the remaining amount of money up to that million is your personal responsibility unless you have this thing that Gene's talking about, which is called an umbrella. It picks up the extra coverage to whatever limit you put it at. If you put it at a million, it'll go up to a million. If they sue you for five million, you'd still have four million. But if you have a $5 million umbrella, then it would pick up all that. So that's what Gene's asking. So your question, Gene, is it depends. It depends on what you do. If you're out there punching people in the face, uh, you know, I would suggest that you have as much as your net worth is. Um, If you're a relatively law-abiding person, you don't drink and drive, you don't uh, um, run a liability doing, uh, you know, any kind of significant thing that would create risk. Have a hobby that's extra risky, like hunting or boating. No, just marriage. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Or have a dog. Dogs, uh, even if you think your dog is the sweetest dog on earth, you know, the actual, the number one dog. What do you think the number one dog is for dog bites? German Shepherd. No. Rottweiler. Golden Retrievers. Really? Yeah, because, you know, they have that big fang, you know, those, those, those really sharp two teeth. Yeah, and they're so it. friendly, they come up and they do something, and all of a sudden that tooth hits something, and it rips the skin open. And uh, they didn't mean to bite any. They're really not biting anyone, but they caused a, a break in the skin, and that's where the liability comes from. Well, two, reason, uh, two reasons dealing with this wire called. Number one, um, 
um, let's just round things off. Let's hypothetically say I have five million of net, of, uh, net assets. I mean, of whatever, whatever you right, want. Right, net worth. But two million of it is uh, the wife and my individual retirement accounts. Some people told me that they can't attach the retirement accounts. I have sort of true and not true. I have a nephew who's a lawyer, and um, I'm not sure what he his specialty is, but he says what he's heard is most malpractice companies or attorneys or whatever, if they find out you have two million in coverage, they're just going to go in liability. They're just going to go for that. It's too much trouble and time to go for an extra million. They'll settle for the two million. So that's and, and why with somebody like yourself. I would agree. One to two million was where I would. Two is the good conservative number. One is still a good number. So either one, one or two. I wouldn't go much higher than that. Okay. Well, thank you very much. But now, you know, the, the statement about the IRAs or protected assets is, is an interesting question. Um, first off, state law is important. Now, Maryland gives you a little more protection of IRAs than a lot of other states. So that's the good news. But federally, you know, your IRA is only protected if you file bankruptcy. Okay. So keep that in mind. From a liability protection point of view, from a federal point of view, it's only protected asset if you filed for bankruptcy. So, you know, always keep in mind, what am I, what am I trying to protect? Is my, our state law going to protect me or am I going to be under federal law you know, my IRA assets going to be protected. And in the state of Maryland, like I say, you've got good news that they are better protected in Maryland. Now, All right. We only have one car in the family because I can't drive anymore. Okay. Uh, it's The car is in my wife's name, but all the insurances we have is in both names. Does that make a difference one way or the other? Well, you know, I mean, as far as liability, if you only have one car and only one person's driving the car and they're they're the only one that owns the car, you can't create liability to yourself. And therefore, all your assets held tenants by the entirety would be totally protected from an auto accident point of view, because your your wife is the only one that could become liable. Okay. So that would be an interesting point. So they, also, they can only sue the owner of the car. That's correct. The owner of the car and the driver of the car. Oh. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Good question. Excellent question. Steve in New Windsor. Let's go to Steve. Uh, good, good evening, Drew. And good Drew. evening. Yeah. Um, so uh, my, my question is about Social Security. My Social Security is going to be much more significant. My wife's already retired. Okay. She's about 500 bucks a month. Okay. And... My my retirement at sixty six years and ten months, right? <laughs> well, you were born in fifty eight. Uh, fifty nine. Fifty nine. I'm sorry, I should have said, you know, fifty nine. Yeah, so sixty six and ten months is your full right. retirement age. So I, I understand the uh, uh, compound of waiting and waiting, but I've got some health issues, and I'm sixty three. I've only got. Well, I'll be 64 next month, so two and a half, you know, three years. I would like to, uh, you know, retire. My question is, when I retire, and if that forbid I pass away, my wife's entitled to half of mine, or or is it? No, she's entitled to 100 percent of whatever you're getting. 
And then she doesn't get hers anymore. Then she doesn't get hers anymore. That is correct. Now, here's the good news, okay? So when you when you go and apply, so let's say you do go in at 66 and 10 months and apply, how old is she? Uh, Same age? She's 67. So she's she's 67 right now? Yes. Okay. So when you go in and apply at 66 and 10 months, and that's the age I would recommend that you go and apply, is as soon as you either quit working or hit your full retirement age. Okay? This is very different, contrary to what I would normally recommend. But because your wife is older and because you are have some health issues, minute you retire or hit your full retirement age, you go in and apply, your wife's going to get 50% of your full retirement benefit while the two of you are alive. And then if you were to pass away... Um, she'll get your benefit for the rest of her life, whatever you end up getting. So would she get half plus hers? No, she would. When you're both alive, you would get all of yours and half of hers. You're going to have to hold on because I got to break. Oh, you're going to have sure. to hold on. I got to answer this with you, okay? So hold on. I'll be right back. Money, rich, and wealth. back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth, here with Michael P. McCarthy. We're on an open show, 410-922-6680. Lines are open. I do have Tom on the line, but I have to finish with Steve. In one second, I'll be with you, Tom. But if you want to call in, lines are open, 410-922-6680. Let's go to Steve in New Windsor. And Steven, do we still it. have you? Steven. Stephen, nope. are you there? Well, wait a minute. It would oh, be here. He is. There he is. I'm here. Okay, Stephen. So, so let me explain this. Okay, while you and your wife are both alive, okay, when you collect, you'll get your full benefit, and she'll get half of your full retirement benefit. Okay, you'll okay. get both of those, so you'll get an increase now. It's a little more complicated than that because she's already drawing something off of her benefit. So there's going to be a slight discount from half exactly of what your full retirement benefit. But she's going to get a much bigger check. And you're going to get your full retirement check, assuming you retire at full retirement age. Now, yes, I, uh, yeah. now one, of you, one of you passes away, her check, whatever she's getting whether it's the from you or her own or whatever, whatever she's getting is going to disappear and the check you're getting from Social Security is going to be the only one the survivor is going to get for the rest of their lives. Wow, that answers a lot of questions. But listen, what I said, the more you let your Social Security check compound the more money the survivor's going to get in that Social Security check for the rest of their lives. All right. Well, that's But, but be, because your wife is a few years older than you and her benefit is nothing close to half of your benefit, I wouldn't suggest you wait too long past 66 and 10 months, maybe 67, before you start collecting, because every year you wait, she can't take the half of yours. That's okay. 
So it gets complicated. It gets complicated. complicated. That's why I called you. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that because this is a great question. And I I actually have the same situation in my life. My wife is older and her benefit is trivial compared to mine. So Mm -hmm. when I turn next January, I'm going to start collecting, even though I normally always tell people to wait to 70. I have to start collecting because she will never get half of mine until I start collecting. And I would have to wait another three years before she would be able to start getting half of mine. And I don't think it's worth it. So I'm going to start collecting. Right. And by the way, I love your intro music and those guys. That's the best song in the world because those guys made more money than God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that they made more money than God, but they made a lot of money, my friend. (laughs) They sure did. All right. They hated it. They hated all of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Money doesn't bring you happiness. That's for sure. All right, my friend. We're on an open show tonight. 410-922-6680. You want to go back to AARP and insurance products and where should you take advice from and where should you not? (laughs) AARP, you know, is a a company that is making $1.7 billion in revenue, Mike. And here's the interesting thing. When you look at where they're spending the money, it's all a bunch of nebulous type of stuff. It's like publications and community outreach and things like this. Well, you know, you ever seen anything that, that AARP is spending oodles and boodles of money on? There's something going on in this organization. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on. An investigative reporter did a real deep dive into this company. I'd bet you you'd find some fascinating things. Here's another interesting point about AARP that a lot of people ought to think about. You know, they claim to be the protector of seniors, period, okay? But yet they spend all of their political money, almost, I should say, I don't know exactly everything, but the majority of their political money goes to Democrats and uh, Democrat causes, et cetera, et cetera. They, they are a one-party organization. And, you know, how could you be the, the protector of seniors if you're only focusing on one party? You should be apolitical, in my opinion. You shouldn't be promoting Republicans or Democrats, you should be relatively apolitical and only be lobbying for bills that are good for um, the seniors as a whole. And how do you pass a bill? Yeah, it's not like it's not like from the uh, Schoolhouse Rock video. It's it involves money. Well, I understand that, but you know, you 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 can't be one political party oriented. The people that are members of that organization, I'm sure, are plenty of different political parties. So, anyway, it's an interesting organization. It's a it's a scary organization, in my opinion. There's something going on there that doesn't uh, uh, pass the smell test, as they say. But so the, anyway, but you know, not not just going on AARP. You should always have you know a healthy. Um, concern for skepticism for okay you're giving me this advice why are you giving me this advice is there any reason but you know there there are other organizations mike where you could almost take it to the bank usaa isn't perfect okay but you can almost take it to the bank if you're if you're a member of usaa that they're trying their best to do good things for you i I find a lot of the usaa 
policies as uh, very good. And we promote them almost always to the military people, unless you're enlisted. If you're an enlisted guy using USAA, I don't necessarily know I would recommend it. Uh, if you're an officer, I would definitely recommend it. All right, we got Gregory in Cadenceville, right? Yeah, Gregory, how can we help? How you doing? How you Great. Doing? Great. Great. Uh, I just got a question for you about Social Security. Uh, I started collecting Social Security at 66 in two months, my full retirement. Okay. And I, and I, and I, uh, I'm not having any taxes taken out of it. I'm still working full time. Okay. Uh, do I have to have take, taxes taken out of it, of the Social Security? Is no, you don't. It's it or... it's strictly uh, estimated taxes out of Social Security are strictly optional. If you if you feel okay. you've got your tax base covered, now if at the end of the year you owe three thousand dollars, you could owe three or four hundred dollars of penalty. Okay. okay. So that's what you have I to be careful to sure, of. I'm banking that I'm still working full time. I understand. You know, now, if you would have talked to me before you started to collect, I would argue against that decision. Right. And, you know, you can also, if you ever want to, anytime you want to right now, you can go into Social Security and say, hey, just stop the Social Security, let it compound until I'm 70, and I just won't take the money for the next two years. You can do that anytime you want to. And I would I would encourage you to do that. Unless you have a health problem. Unless you have a serious health problem. Unless I have, you know, I have, I have some health problems. Okay. Keep me from doing it. Well, then. I then, making the money, so if I could you know, charge the $1,000, $2,000, ta- you know, if it puts me up in another tax bracket, then I have the money to pay for it. Okay. Well, then that's, that's perfect, and you don't have to worry about it. No withholding. I, I don't normally don't ask my clients to withhold against Social Security. we got to go. Great question, Greg. I appreciate it. we got to go to Don in South Baltimore. Don, how can we help? Hi, Drew. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. I've heard you talk about this uh, uh, spousal benefit and let your – Social Security accrued because my wife's been collecting for several years. Um, and I went, as soon as I became um, a full retirement age, I inquired about that and I was going to get them to, to give me the amount so I could weigh out my options as to what to do. And they told me that I didn't qualify, that in order for me to collect, I would have had to have been born before August of. 1952. I have no idea what they're talking about. I tell you what, Don, can you hold on for me? And we're going to come back and deal with this after we uh, take another break. Can you do that? Sure. Okay, you hold on. We're going to be right back. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. 
They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBS. Right. We're on the last uh, five, ten minutes of the show. Uh, we've got Don on the line. We're going to answer his question. Probably could take another one, maybe two calls, 410-922-6680. But let's go right to Don. He's been so kind to wait. Don? I'm here. Okay, Don, answer a question for me. How, how old are you approximately? Um, I'll be 67 in May. You'll be 67 in May. Okay. And have you been collecting Social Security or not? Not. I'm still working. You're still working. Okay. So because you're going to be 67 in May, you're already over your full retirement age. So you're good to go for that. Um, so that means you were born in 1956, right? Correct. Okay. And your wife is already collecting, you said? Yes, she is. Um, she's about nine years older than I am. So okay. what you were trying to collect with is the spousal benefit. Was that correct? That is correct. And that's correct. You cannot get that anymore. You would have had to have been born before January 2nd, 1953, in order to have gotten that. Okay. That, that is kind of in line with what she's but a different date yeah well you know they're not they're not <laughs> they have lots of people working there and they're not all trained as well as the rest of you know so um oh, well, you never know well aware. that's why i wanted to run it by you and see but your thoughts were we're on the situation but here's what you ought to be doing don okay you should even though you're you're currently working you should seriously consider starting to collect social security now because it'll allow your spouse, who's much older than you, just like my wife is older than me, it would allow her to start collecting half of yours, which is probably more than all of hers. No. What is she getting? Actually, she's going to get more than I will. Okay. Well, then then uh, you should continue to wait to 70 then. If she's, uh, if she's getting a large amount and half of yours isn't more than hers, then you should wait until 70 to collect. That's what I'm trying to do. And that's uh, what you should do. But, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, they did change that law. And you were born after January 2nd, 1953. So, <clears throat> or after January 1st, 1953. So therefore, you're not able to take half of hers. Right. My my initial thought was that uh, I, if I could get the spousal benefit, I would take that and roll that into uh, max out my 401 or not my 401, but my IRA, and um, and build up some Roth money there to um, enhance my retirement. Sure. Well, you know, and, and but you're enhancing your retirement by just allowing your Social Security to continue to compound. But you're right. It would have been a nice thing 
And, you know, that's the thing that stinks about government is they make up rules and then they change them on you. And so other people got the benefit of being able to take half of their spouses for years and years and years. And you and I, we get the shaft. We can't we can't take it. I mean, that's we just so, get to pay for it. Yeah, we just get to pay for it. And that's just so typical of government bureaucracy and rules. Anyway, I got to run, Don. Great question. Thank you for calling in. Bob in Nottingham. Hey, Bob, what's happening? Hey, I'm a totally new listener. It's the first time I've ever heard you. No, oh, it's the second time I've heard myself. <laughs> uh, just a uh, just general question. I heard you saying a few minutes ago that your wife should be getting half of what you do? In certain situations. Okay. Uh, so, I'm 78. Okay. My wife is 75. Okay. I've, I've been retired since 2010. Okay. And since the new raise went in, I, I, I get approximately $2,000. Okay. Um, my wife is 75. She retired in 2012. She's okay. Getting, she's getting about $800. Shouldn't when, what age was she when she collected? 65. She was 65 when she collected. That was her full retirement age, right? Yeah. Okay. And when was your full, when, how much, is she younger or older? You said she was younger than you, right? Three, three years younger than me, yeah. Three years younger. When you, when you retired, did she go in with you and ask for a recomputation of her benefits? No. Okay. Did she collect first or did you collect first? Oh, I did. I'd been collecting for two years before she retired. Okay. So when she retired, they should have done the calculation and determined whether, you know, I mean, you can always go to a Social Security office and ask for a recomputation to okay. see if half of yours would have been a couple hundred dollars a month more. Do either of you get any withholding on your, um, on your Social Security? No. Neither of you. So, okay. yeah, that's a good question. Are you talking the gross amount that you get? Two thousand and eight hundred, or are you talking about the net amount you get? Okay, yes, they do. With they withhold my medical. Okay, but and they withhold uh, my medical, and that should be about one hundred and seventy a month. And so, so I mean, there is a there is a slight chance. There is uh, a slight chance that there is a little more money that she could get if yeah, they I've, never I've, did I've, the I was, spousal I was calculation. Not about the medical because. It would be a higher percentage of hers than it is of mine because it's the same amount. Well, that's true. I, mean, I understand. Um, okay. But but there is still potentially a little bit of money on the table there, maybe well, 100 a month. Your it never hurts to calculate. Your 1099 SA will be uh, in the mail shortly. And when you get that, go look at that gross amount and see if that all of a sudden solves the problem or there's still a question you need to call. Also, okay. keep in mind that if she went and collected before she turned 65 by even a few months, there would be a discount there also. No, she, so, she retired the day after her 65th birthday. Okay. Um, the real question you have to know is, did Social Security compute both her benefit and half of your benefit? And it never hurts to ask Social Security to do it, if the, you know, or to prove that they did it. Okay. Okay. All right, Thank my you. friend. Take Thank care. Good question. Excellent. Bye-bye. Well, I'm glad he listened to us for the first yeah, time. Hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully you'll listen again. 
Yeah. Maybe next week you'll call in and say, hey, I listened again two times now, you know? <laughs> anyway, we're here on an open show, sort of. We only got, what, two minutes left to go, Mikey? So, yep. uh, you know, there's uh, this uh, new SECURE Act has got all kinds of new new provisions people need to be aware of and thinking about. Um, one cool thing in the new in the new SECURE Act 2.0, Mike, is that uh, grandparents who want to give uh, set aside money for their grandchildren for whatever purpose. I get lots of grandparents asking me this question. I want to do something for my grandkids. I always steer them away from the 529 unless their only goal was college. If their only goal was college, I said, yeah, let's use the 529 plan. But if they said, no, I, if they want to buy a car with it, I want them to buy a car. If they want to do this with it, I let them do this with it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, nowadays, with this new SECURE Act, I can put money in a 529 plan, get the parents a Maryland state income tax deduction. It's not a big benefit, but it's a benefit. Yep. And then turn around, and if they want to use it for college, they can. But after 15 years of that account being open, the grandparents can then just start funding a Roth IRA for the kid to help them you know, for retirement. And if they don't want the money um you know for retirement they could take it out and buy a house with it or whatever as long as it's equal to the contributions that go into the plan anyway it's an interesting concept now that you have available another dynamic for grandparents to save for their grandkids yeah there's uh, also some interesting uh planning to be done about who owns the 529 plan when it comes to student load how uh fafsa Treats yep. things, and also this year is uh, the first major change to how FAFSA is going to calculate how well, much you can get. We'll talk about it another time. Yep, that is a uh, an interesting issue, also. Anyway, Mike, good to have you with me this week. Always weekend. good to be here. This is Drew Tignanelli saying, God bless.